Hello, this is Tom Pasello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers podcast, sponsored by sales enablement platform provider, Mediafly. Our mission, to provide you with the independent insights, community advice, and tools to guide your sales enablement journey and fuel your professional evolution. My guest today is Latni Conant. She's the CMO for leading account-based marketing firm, Sixth Sense. Latney's been responsible for generating just absolutely incredible growth at Sixth Sense by creating several new go-to-market programs and value-focused initiatives, including her Talking Sense interview series, where I had the honor of being a guest. And I think I was amongst one of the first rounds, second round. You rounds. were. You yeah, were. I was pretty early. I was a guinea yeah. pig. Thank you for that, Latney. You were a guinea pig on my podcast as well. So we're you all- You put good. us on the map, Tom. Yeah. Warning, I, I do have a warning in here. Uh, Latney will be direct, frank. And, and PG-13. Yeah, and PG-13, if it's anything like any of the other interviews that I've done with you. <laughs> so without further ado, it's with great pleasure that I welcome Latney Conan to the Evolvers podcast today. Um, it's always good to hang with you. Absolutely. I can't believe I've made Evolvers status. You have, you absolutely have. And since we last talked, you have launched your first, I think this is your first book, is that correct? Yeah, for somebody who purposefully never took a class in college that required a paper, this is my first book. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And it nearly killed me. Book is what we're gonna talk about today. No forms, no spam, no cold calls. No, yes. just just say no. So yes, why, no. <laughs> why is that the title? So no forms, no spam, no cold calls. Well, it's kind of ironic, Tom, because the crux of how really inbound B2B marketing has evolved is about putting out thought leadership content gating that content Mm -hmm. so you can collect emails so you can deem something a qualified lead Mm so you can pass that to sales and they can think it sucks and have to make cold calls so it sort of is a little bit of like our fundamentals unfortunately and um i just felt like it was time. And I felt like we had a really interesting opportunity in front of us at Sixth Sense, brand new team, Mm -hmm. uh, fresh perspective, and sitting on this amazing technology that gave us all these insights. And so I sort of challenged my team. I didn't, we didn't set out to write a book, by the way. What what we set out to do was run this kind of science experiment. Mm -hmm. So I told my team, I said, here's the deal. We're going we're gonna to put customers and, and future customers, prospects or future customers, at the center of the experience. Mm-hmm. And we're going to use our own technology and other technology like Mediafly to literally set the bar. And it starts by not using forms, mm-hmm. being, not spamming people. Yeah. And not doing cold calls. And yeah. so I think going to a site, first of all, I, I get spammed constantly. Pretty big presence, as I'm sure you do. The amount of emails we get, 
unsolicited and the amount of LinkedIn messages and everything else that are out there. Definitely not the way to do business today. Then you go and you do find something that's of interest and right away they want uh, a history, your blood type, firstborn child. Then you get the white paper and immediately my phone is ringing or I immediately get a follow-up email that says, I, I know you're interested in us. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I haven't even opened the email that you sent to me. And I've downloaded a phone call, essentially, which is more than annoying. And so I couldn't agree more that it's time for no, 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 no forms, no spam, and no cold calls. So glad. And so is the experiment working? That's the more important part. That is the more important part. That is the most important part. Yeah. And so I think, I, I, sh I think that. I First of all, I'm a positive person. So I hope people don't take this, you know, that I'm some, some sort of negative person, but I did want to shock our system yeah. into, into doing something different, hence the title. But I missed a no. I should have also said no MQLs. Hmm. Because here, the reason that a lot of these, this whole nonsense exists is because marketers have measured themselves on an MQL, mm -hmm. which is essentially a lead or a contact. Yeah, market market qualified lead, I think. Marketing is qualified lead. Definition, right. yeah. But I assume I have a lot of sellers and sales leaders on the phone. Do you want a quote unquote lead or do you want a deal team? You mm -hmm. want an account team. You work accounts. You think about who's in market, who's the economic buyer, who are the mm -hmm. influencers. So you think in terms of accounts, marketing things in terms of these leads, and there's a huge disconnect. And so a big part of the experiment was also just us putting in place a new way of looking at our funnel, which was totally account-based. Mm -hmm. It was, it was measured based on things like who's actually in market. Yeah. And is that, that term to me, so in market, there's a lot of folks that might not have heard that before. And I know the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So it's an account and it's in market. What do, exactly does that mean? So think about yourself, you know, I'm a recovering software salesperson, right? So <laughs> You, every year uh, at the beginning of the year, your stomach is in knots because you're about to get your territory. Mm -hmm. And you look at your list and you're like, okay, are these good accounts? Yeah. And whether or not an account is good is not how shiny the logo is. It's actually whether or not they're in market because what mm -hmm. if they just bought? What if they just signed a deal? What if they're not researching? What if they're under a rock? And so when I think about in-market, it's basically being able to pick up on signal, mm -hmm. anonymous signal, like what they're researching, how many people are researching, mm -hmm. the types of things they're researching, as well as known. So, you know, just facts about the account put those together and determine statistically, are they going to open an opportunity? Is That's it awesome. the right time? Yeah. And I love too, that it is not just, so first of all, that they've got a propensity where they're, they're actually looking 
in a way that makes you think they're, they're kind of actions and attitudes and body language is there that says, hey, I'm, a, I'm ready to buy as an account, or I'm interested enough to do the research that will eventually lead me to buy. The other thing I love about it is it's not just one person in that lead, which is the other key. And we know that team-based decision-making on the buyer side is exactly how things are done. So talk about that aspect of why an MQL doesn't work anymore and why this is a better way to think about. Yes. So an MQL is either too early and it's not the right time. They really just did just want the ebook, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they're not really interested. They're just getting started. They're not ready. Or maybe it's an intern. It's not a key member of the buying team. Mm -hmm. And they're doing research for a class project, <laughs> right? Um, so it's, it's too early. Or the second scenario that we see with inbound is, or an MQL, is that it's really hot. They want a demo. Mm -hmm. They want us to call them. Well, guess what? They have been doing their research for months. Yeah. And if they're not talking to you, you're column fodder. Late, yeah. So it's, it's the opposite. It's kind of those two ends of the spectrum, yeah. Exactly. Whereas the sweet spot puts together uh, four really, I think, critical scores. One, it puts together, how, is this even a good fit? Um, and I know that seems kind of basic, but it, it's, it's sort of interesting to me how many sales and marketing leaders don't have a clear understanding of their ideal customer profile. That is very challenging. You want to focus your effort and your valuable time on people that are most likely to be able to do business with you. As a sales professional, the only thing you have is your time. So we want to make sure it's a good account. And so the AI can actually go out and look at patterns and say, is this a good account for you? Can you close this deal? That's one. Two, who is doing the research? So the AI is also looking at, as opportunities progress, who are the typical titles that make up a buying team for you? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and is it one of those, are we seeing the right patterns across this buying team? And, and is it the right fit from a persona perspective? So account fit, persona fit. Next is the type of behavior that they're doing. Are they on your pricing page or are they just early on researching some kind of like generic keywords? Um, and then last is, to, is, is the ability to put really wrap that all together mm -hmm. and tell you where that account is in their journey. Are they early stage? Are they mid or are they about to open an opportunity? And when a sales and marketing team have this, all of a sudden orchestrating the right things at the right time becomes so much easier. Yeah, and Latney, this is so timely because as we know from the research Forrester has been doing, Gartner just published some very similar research. So much of the buyer's journey has been, and now with the crisis is going so much more digital 
And that alone causes sales teams a lot of pain and struggle. Because if all they're getting visibility on is who fills out a form, they're missing so much of the potential opportunities. Either it's too early, too late, you know, too hot, too cold. Right. I mean, <laughs> nothing just right. So right? it's so, and it's so challenging, right? Because, you know, we're, as humans, we're geared to pick up on people's, like, have a good EQ, right? And, and mm -hmm. understand people's body language. Like, are they pulling away? Are they leaning in? And, you know, this is, sellers are trained to be able to do this. But when you're only getting a small piece of the puzzle, you need a solution to decode the digital body language mm -hmm. and tell you. Um, you know, we have, we, it's funny, we actually have customers that call like their salespeople will be like, did you six sense that? Did you six sense that? Meaning if they're dark on you uh, and they say they're not talking to anybody else, but you can see right in six sense that they're doing tons of research on your competition. Maybe you need to do something about that. They're so, not so I want to dig in a little bit deeper on that point. Anonymous is something that is a hallmark of the digital research that most buyers do today. They don't want to be bothered. They don't want to fill out those forms. They want to remain anonymous because they're not maybe ready yet to talk to somebody. Um, a lot of marketing automation platforms claim they could pick up on, you know, we've got the MQL, digital scoring of the lead nurturing, and digital body language was a term that came out of, I believe, uh, Miller and Eloqua. So these things have been around a little bit, but that required you to fill out the form and register as a lead. I think what you're saying is that there's a lot more of this anonymous going on, and the research certainly talks about that. And you've got to be able to break through and kind of illuminate those anonymous buyers. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, the industry term is intent data. Okay. Okay, and there are, I, I like to categorize three types of intent data. Okay. First is first party intent data. This means they're on your website. Mm -hmm. it they may or may not have clicked a form though. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, and, and I always tell sales and marketing teams, I'm like, if you don't know who's on your website and you're not de-anonymizing your website and getting that first party intent, it's like being parents with kids in high school and like not knowing who's coming and going from the basement. It's just like super irresponsible. Yeah. So step one is understanding first party intent. So who's on your website, who's opening your emails, like you talked about, who's coming to your webinars. Mm -hmm. um, if you sent them something through Mediafly, who's viewing pages in, in Mediafly. So all of those are your owned properties and that's first party intent. Typically that's the strongest digital body language, right? They're mm -hmm. on your website, they wanna come to your stuff, da, 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 da. That's step, that's, that's great. It's not enough. Mm -hmm. There's another form of intent that I call second party intent. And I think I made that up, but <laughs> 
think of this as you don't own the website, but it is a website about you. Mm-hmm. So a G2 crowd website, for example, mm-hmm. uh, trust radius, all of these review sites are about you and about your competitors. And people are going there to learn about a category or vendors. Absolutely. And they're very trusted and they are incredible resources that buyers leverage as much and sometimes even more than first party data. So again, you need that visibility. Yeah. You need that. So that's the second step is second party intent. So first party intent, second party intent. Then (laughs) there's third party intent. Mm -hmm. What are they actually researching? So understanding the key, and people do it different ways. We do it based on keyword. So we're looking for, we have relationships with publishers and outlets, and we can see the keywords that are getting researched the most frequently and bubble those up. And if those keywords are like your name or your competitor's name, or have to do, you know, for me, ABM, predictive analytics, Mm -hmm. that is also a signal. That's amazing. So think about this. You've got sellers. They know they're talking to, maybe doing demonstrations to one of the customers. Next thing you know, you're getting six cents reports that they're looking up three other competitors. Yes. yes. Now, you know, they're serious because they're obviously doing some pretty deep research, but you also know that you're not the only game in town. You're and not the only gig think, in town. Think about Yeah. Think about that knowledge or knowledge of just organizations that might not have visited you at all, or even G2, but are really educating themselves early in the cycle about, in our case, sales enablement or value selling or whatever the solution is that you're, you're dealing with might be. Yeah. Or like we, one of the things we track is like tangential tech, right? Tech that integrates Mm -hmm. with us. Yeah. Right. If they if they've bought like, you know how it is sometimes it's like, well, if they've bought this, then they're likely to want to do us next. Or we should talk about the integration that we just did with Sales Loft or with Outreach yeah, because we know they're an Outreach customer. Um, so it's it's be, you know having all of this rich data and and bringing it into one place and then being able to like create essentially be able to create different segments. Like I could create mm-hmm. a segment that's show me my enterprise CPG accounts that are in market right now, because I'm going to run a specific direct mail play for the end of the year to those, you know, hot accounts, for example. So all of a sudden sales and marketing can really start to collaborate on where to focus their precious resources. And marketing knows my job is to warm these accounts up. I'm going to get them to sales. Sales knows that these are the the gold. These have the highest propensity of of closing. They know who's on the buying team. So we can purchase the contact data right there. Um, They can trigger, we trigger some automated outreach. Um, So it's having the data and then being able to orchestrate like working accounts through a funnel. And that's, that's, I believe the future of, of B2B go-to-market. Yeah. The other way to do it is more, more, more. And that doesn't work because, you know, you can't just keep sending more cold calls and more spam and expect folks to fill out more forms. And 
you get this linear kind of progression in your investments that you're making and it just doesn't work. Um, so I'm glad you said that. That's probably the hardest objection I have to handle is because people are used to an MQL and they're used to volume and more, 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 more. And so being able to come in and say, uh, okay, would you rather that I gave you a thousand dollars in like loose change? <laughs> Here, go sort it out. Yeah. Right, you yeah. know what I mean? Or would you rather like a crisp, some crisp bills, right? Like that are easy mm -hmm. to like, and that you, you know, so it's sort of like, I'm trying to think of different metaphors, but, but really what, what I try to explain and, and, um, you know, savvy people that have been around the block tend to get it is what, how do you make money as a company? And what is going to have the biggest impact on the bottom line? And the biggest impact is typically there's a few critical conversions mm -hmm. and there's how long it takes you to close a deal. Yep. And then there's how much you get for the deal. So it's, it's ASPs, you know, average selling price, it's um, win rates, and it's cycle time. Yeah. And if I'm an AE, I don't want to work 50 deals. It's much easier to work two or three big ones. Yeah. And as a company to, to service those is easier too. Like there's all these like repercussions of the mm -hmm. more, more, more mindset and a ton of waste. Yeah. And, and it's not a matter of you know, making it easier necessarily for the sales rep, but in a, in a way it is because if you're giving them too much, they, uh, they don't die from starvation. Usually they die from overeating. Well, it's, it, well, it's, it's basically like, can they really do a nice job? Yeah. On that opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And if they've got too many, they just don't do the right things for the right accounts because yeah. they don't have the visibility to know who's really, the buyer that they should be prioritizing, yeah, um, which is so important. Now, when we were talking about the first party, second party, third party, a term that you use that I want you to just explain a little bit, because I, I think this is so important, is dark funnel. So there are these anonymous buyers, and you call this the dark funnel. Um, talk about that a little bit and relate it back to the first party, second party, third party. And since we're close to Halloween, I figured, ah, we'll explore the dark funnel. It sounds ominous. It is ominous. <laughs> it sucks. It really sucks. I mean, it, like if you think about, uh, you know, it depends on whose stat you want to go with, you know, 98%. I've seen every, anywhere from 98% to like 56% of the sales cycle is anonymous. So I don't care, you know, maybe it's a dark funnel and or a gray funnel, but the reality is you think you have a funnel and you think you're tracking along, um, but what you actually have is a dark funnel and there's mm -hmm. all of this rich activity that's happening that you don't know about. And that's what ends up with the more, 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 more. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I can shine a light on that dark funnel, and all of a sudden give you a known funnel and say, I am lighting up the best opportunities yeah. and accounts for you to work. It's kind of a whole new world. Um, and so, you know, in our story, the, the dark funnel is the enemy. <laughs> I 
completely agree. And it's, it's um, I think, so important to prioritize the precious resources that we have nowadays. You know, we're expecting our sellers are under a lot of strain. Uh, we're expecting them to perform in this new environment. And if we're just throwing more unqualified opportunities at them, um, more is not going to do it. I think they're already Zoom burned out. Um, so I think focusing the greatest efforts on the right accounts is absolutely the way to do it. And one of the other things that we've had the opportunity to work on together, so I want to pivot a little bit from yeah, yeah. marketing focus over a little bit to sales enablement. Um, we talked about the buyer's journey being more digital. So more of this anonymous kind of them doing it on their own. When a seller is engaged, though, it becomes more important than ever that they're going to be effective and amazing because that could be an incredible differentiator. You know, the buyer's been doing this research on this website, that website, this third party, that third party, and now it's time for your seller to shine. And I know at Sixth Sense, one of the things that you've done is you've really worked to make sure that this new remote engagement environment, or perhaps at best a hybrid environment, that your sellers are going to be really effective and create a great engagement experience. So talk about what you've been doing to accomplish that and some of the innovative ways that you've worked to improve that customer engagement experience. Sure. So I think of my job as three things. One is our brand, two mm -hmm. is experience, and three is revenue. But experience across the board is hugely important. And that's what the book, you know, the book was about kind of the the prospect experience and um, and more top of funnel. And so, of course, if we're working so hard to provide this personal, relevant, amazing experience when they show up to meet with one of our AEs, um, you know, we got to bring it. Yeah, you don't want to put up a generic presentation or, you know, a generic yeah. demo, right? So, And buyers are very difficult because they show up in different ways, right? Mm -hmm. First of all, some show up very, very educated. And, and the whole, I'm gonna do an hour of discovery, they're so frustrated. Mm -hmm. They're like, they're annoyed. They're mm -hmm. like, no, I know what you do. I've researched what you do. I wanna see this, that, and the other. So some show up like that. Um, some, some show up, you know, less, less educated, you know, who, you know, wanna kind of slow down, want, you know, or, you know, want to understand the business objectives. And so they show up in all these different formats and they show up different personas. Mm -hmm. right? We talked about the buying team. And there's a lot of nuance in that. If I'm talking to a digital marketer, what floats their boat is going to be totally different than marketing ops. Mm -hmm. um, and so our sellers have to be able to quickly like get, process, get feedback, process, and be able to zig and zag to make it an incredible meeting. Yeah. And let's do the math on just that. You know, you've got how many different personas times how many different kind of styles, maybe times where they are in the journey. And all of a sudden, yeah. And you've got, and you got a new rep because Six Sense is growing dramatically quick and you don't have folks that have sold ABM before anymore who are experts at marketing. So you've got to bring them up to speed and get them effective now. Yes. 
Yes. And we are a platform. So you might start with one business objective and that mushrooms into solving a bunch of others. Mm-hmm. So we're not selling an app. Um, and, and so we just knew we needed, we, we were letting our sellers down mm-hmm. by not providing a better way for them, them to show up. And so a big thing that we did was we partnered with, with you and with Mediafly to first of all, unpack the vat, like what is this, like it's, you know, why change? Why now? Um, why six cents, yeah. you know? So really try to unpack the, you know, our value analysis and, mm-hmm. and make sure that, you know, we don't open with a calculator, but it's good that the AEs understand the underpinnings of that, which is cycle times, ASPs, conversions, Absolutely. so they can have a business conversation. So that was, that's a big, was a big project that we did together. Another significant project that we did together was we actually had a lot of like good slides, but they were in SharePoint and like this huge Franken deck. <laughs> Speaking of Halloween. So I mean, it was a, a disaster. I love it. Yeah. I mean, the thing was like 200 slides. Wow. Um, and just, so, I mean, I can go on and on about how. And like you said, there was really good content in there, right? That would tell us the right story for that particular person. But how the heck was the seller ever going to find it when they needed it? And it's not like, you know, sometimes, right? Sometimes the personas that show up in a call are different than what you might have anticipated. So makes it that much harder. And 200 slides is a lot to navigate through. And you can guarantee that the five slides you need were not the ones you distilled out of the deck to make the 10 slide deck, right? So totally. customers never follow a script. Totally, yeah. totally. Um, so, you know, I equate it to, I said, I want, um, I want it to feel like Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. Like I do a playlist for a party and it's playing along, but you know, how you can tell you're like, this isn't really working. We got to up the, you know, I mean, it's yeah. time to pick the tempo up. Right. And it's pretty easy to switch playlists or insert a song or, um, and so what we had to do was really take a look at our content and say, what are the little songs? <laughs> yeah. What are some pre-configured playlists? Um, and how do we make sure that, you know, they can come up, come like, and that, it's that easy. It's yeah. that easy. If they can use Spotify, then they can use this. And I love the analogy too, because just like a party, right? You're going to probably have some mellower music in the beginning, right? And then, you know, you got to kind of bring, start to bring the energy, right? And then, you know, kind of, you've got to have the, the more party stuff. The harder stuff is the volume starts to grow and everything. So it's like you've got to build a story with it and you'll have separate p- playlists for each one of those and you'll pivot to the playlist as as you're moving around and as the crowd reacts, as the, the night moves along, as the meeting moves along. So I love the analogy. Yeah, yeah. And depending on who shows up, they might have different taste in me. I mean, anyways, yeah. no, exactly. that, that's really what I like, what I, our vision for being able to, to deliver on. Um, and, you know, we feel like if people are enabled to be able to do that, you know, people still buy from people. And so I mm-hmm. want, 
our reps to be able to show up and feel very different um, and feel like educators. Uh, and, and that was kind of the third thing that we did, which is just all around readiness. So, you know, making sure from the second you sign up with Sixth Sense, we are going to get you the best enablement content. It's going to be video-based. It's going to be modern. It's going to really help, um, help you do your job. Uh, and so, you know, that's kind of, I think the third leg of the stool. So to me, it's like value and value-based selling and making sure we're getting to like the, so what? Yeah. It's, you know, making sure they can show up in the moment and um, enablement and interactive presentations. Yeah, and not be fussing with their slides. Like they they could be reading the room Mm -hmm. to know what song to play or whether to turn the volume up or down or this or that. And so um, readiness was the, the other one. Yeah. 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 Absolutely love it. Now, one other key element that I know you're very passionate about Um, it's been said that, you know, half of the content that we develop and, you know, I develop a lot of content too, and half of that effort is wasted, but which half, right? You don't know which half. And I know you're passionate about that because, um, sales is asking you all the time for a one pager. Oh, good. You were clean. You were, I was clean. Goddamn one pager. No, I mean, Hey, like I, I think it's easy, easy. It kind of goes back to the more, 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 right? Mm -hmm. More leads, more emails, more this, more that. Yeah, more one pagers. More (laughs) one pagers, more one pagers. And I have a, uh, just like the Franken deck, I have a lot of disdain for the one pagers. and, And here's why. One, we're a platform and we drop two features a week. So as soon as we put a one pager out, it's probably out of date. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's just kind of annoying. Um, Second of all, which one pagers, which aspect of the platform geared towards what persona? I mean, we could do Mm -hmm. so many permutations of the one pager, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And then third, I just am not convinced people actually look at them. you know how many like one pagers I've printed for booths and thrown out? So I guess I just am kind of like, hey, if they if they work, we'll do them all day. Uh, but my guess is they don't. And I'm really interested to see how the data plays out. But I'd so much rather do like an interactive embedded video vignette mm-hmm. instead of a static slick sheet every slick have you ever looked at a slick sheet and had it look different than they all look the same no they all look the same and so that's part of the challenge and i think what you're doing now is you're leveraging data and intelligence and insights to prove out or eat crow with the sellers yeah <laughs> that, that one pagers are very effective and they're going to turn so i i mean people need product info i get yeah. it so but we're I, tracking just, I want to reinvent how we how we deliver it, I guess. Let's just we're tracking it. now for you the definitive proof one way or another. And the numbers will speak for themselves, right? So is it are is it being you are the one pagers being used or not? First question to answer. Are they being sent to customers? Are the customers consuming them? And then the bigger thing, 
Is it moving the needle on your- It's moving the needle. Just because we're sending them doesn't mean they're working. ASP win rate cycle time. Show me the numbers, you know? Show me the numbers. Show me the numbers. So that's kind of, you know, that's the- that's the deal. I'm, I'm really fired up. I'm, this is going to be huge for us. Yeah. And I think just any marketer needs to know the facts about it because we all go in with, you know, our favorite things that we do. Um, me value tools, right? Value tools are the greatest thing. You need to invest more in that. Well, how do you know? Is it working for you? You know, um, infographics, videos, presentations. Yeah, I mean, the, the list of content that we produce, sometimes it's like we get paid by the pound, I think. Totally. <laughs> more, more, totally. more, right? And it's, it's really about less, less, less of what works and more of what's maybe personalized and tuned, but we have to have this intelligence and insights to be able to be And being able to prune and then train on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Because less content that they're really good at using and leveraging at the right, that's the best. Yes. The and then they're trained on it and they know that works. And, and so, you know, it's a whole cycle. Yeah, completely agree. So Latney, what is, if you had to distill all the wisdom and I'm, I, this was really educational. I know that even though I've worked with you on some of the projects and everything I, I've learned a lot today, and I'm sure this is just the tip of the iceberg about what's in the book, no forms, no spam, no cold call. So thinking back on the book and the first that we talked about, you know, what's the one piece of advice you'd like to leave our evolvers with today? That um, there, I think just knowing that there is a tremendous opportunity out there. And um, I'm selling great technology like Mediafly, like Six Sense, other. Yeah, technology is a catalyst for change, but I'm also selling change. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard, I get it, but it's worth it. And it's sort of how you stay best in class to how you stay alive, how you stay top of your game. And I think the best sellers out there understand that. They're always perfecting their craft. They're always studying. They're always curious. They're always asking. Um, and that's what we collectively have to continue to do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, no forms, no spam, no cold calls is why you titled it that is because there's a better way and it's time for change. And these periods occur, just like when we had forms that improved and marketing automation back in the day. In the 90s, it was revolutionary. Yeah, absolutely. But that's kind of old school now. So there's a new way, a new and better way for both marketers and sellers to take advantage of this in a great way to do more with absolutely less which is the other imperative that we're all going to be faced with coming you know, through and accelerating out of this crisis is the CFNOs are going to be on us to do more with less. So this is one way to leverage technology, uh, account-based marketing, sales enablement that you spoke about, value. These three elements are important to apply and maximize the investments that are being made. Latney, it is always a pleasure. And we kept it to a G-rated show. I know. I was so team. So impressed. Latney, how do people reach you online? 
and yeah, learn more. I'm on LinkedIn. It's just uh, latney.conant um, on LinkedIn. You can also email me latney.conant at sixcents.com. And those are probably the best ways to get in touch. Absolutely. You do as well host a CMO event. Talk about yeah. that a little bit so, and how so every, get invited. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. So, you know, it's been a year of pivots and, and change and, and in change there's opportunity. And I, mm -hmm. I definitely believe in that. And so, you know, I, I launched this before the book, it was called Project Bold Moves where I said, no forms, no spam, no cold calls. And we were on, we were proving it out and we had proved it out. And we did some research on it. And then I was literally traveling around the country doing these CMO breakfasts. And then mm -hmm. March DC was my last live breakfast. <laughs> and we still had Boston and New York. And my, uh, my partner in crime, Matt Hines, and I am like, well, the show must go on, right? So we sent people Uber Eats and and the whole premise of the breakfast was to talk about, you know, the most relevant topics. And I'm like, well, we, we're not talking about my project bold moves. Come on. Like it, everyone's freaking out. Yeah. So, you know, we said, what are you doing? What's going on? You know, um, and, you know, people couldn't stop talking. People couldn't stop sharing. And they said, Let, we got to get together and do this next week. So we were like, okay, what do you want to talk about next week? And then we did it another week and they said, we got to do this again next week. What do you want to talk about next week? And so we just got in this awesome rhythm. It's now about, it's about 600 CMOs in the community, um, about a hundred each week across two calls join. We do a survey every week. What, what do you want to talk about? We find people that have a shared experience. So it's all CMOs sharing with other CMOs. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times CM, like we had Christina, um, from Moz share her virtual event post-mortem. Everything yeah. went right, everything that went okay and everything that went wrong. Oh, that's amazing. And, you know, so then we have a content hub where we put all the content and now a Slack channel. So it's kind of like wow. really turned into a thing. Um, yeah. yeah, so, but if you're a B2B CMO and you wanna connect on kind of what B2B CMOs are thinking about and doing, um, love to have you participate. Yeah, and it's not you and Matt presenting. It's just the group saying, here's the topic and sharing their war stories and learnings and experience. And yeah. I absolutely love it. So of all of us, keep an eye out. We are going to replicate, hopefully, what Latney has done. Um, and if we could do a little bit about what you and Matt have put together, it would be amazing. Uh, Latney, we've got a great community. They'll love yeah, it. Yeah, no, absolutely we do. So thank you so much for joining us and participating to make the Evolvers just absolutely a great and growing community and for all the advice and wins, wisdom that you shared. Thanks for having me, Tom. Until next time, Evolvers, keep evolving. <laughs>